0: With an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording, upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today.
1: Hello and welcome to the Daily Red. Your lunchtime catch up on all things Liverpool FC on a Thursday after Liverpool's four, Carls were two in a preseason friendly that I didn't watch a single minute of because it's a pre-season friendly. So why would I? Uh, I know that certain players played well and, you know, people are very happy with what they saw from Alexis and Gakbo and Jota. And I know Darwin did a very strange thing, but scored a goal. So, you know, uh, that's all I need to know. Um, more importantly, we finally got real movement on the transfer of Jordan Henderson from Liverpool to El Etefac. A fee of 12 million plus add-ons that I'd imagine we'll never see has been agreed. The player has left the training camp and will undergo a medical sinus contract and that will be that. I'm not going to share my feelings on it because I think that might upset some people, but I'm very happy. That's all I'll say. I'm very, very happy. I'll I'll probably podcast with with Gags or with Trev and be very happy, but I'll do it in the safety of a podcast with other people where I can get cut off or reined in. I won't do it here when I'm by myself and have no supervision because um, God knows what I might say. Anyway, he's going... We know Fabinho's going. It looks like Nat Phillips will also go. And Leeds United seem like the club most likely to buy Nat. And um, that should give us £60 million. And that £60 million, I believe, will be enough to get Czech de Cure from Crystal Palace. Now... I've seen some very strange takes on the Decoury links, largely from people that I would just guarantee haven't watched him play. Though if they watched us play, they would have seen him dominate our midfield not once, but twice last season. Um, We talked about him in May of 2022 on the transfer committee podcast. When we were looking for alternatives for Chouameni now, Ultimately, he wasn't the player that we chose, but he was one we discussed. He's one we had definite interest in seeing Liverpool pursue because of his ability as a ball winner and as a ball progressor. He's had an outstanding season with Palace, um, despite being played in a very conservative system by a conservative pair of managers who didn't allow him to show everything that he's capable of. He was their player of the year. And that comes off two tremendous seasons with Lens, where players like Seiko Fafana say it's unlikely they'll ever play with anyone better than him. They lauded him as he left Lens. Palace fans adore him. To, to an individual, they adore him. I understand people are a bit spooked by the price. 60 million would be a lot. I think we could probably maybe get him for 50 rising to 60. But if we get him as a one for one replacement for Fabinho, and it doesn't actually cost us any money other than Fabinho, Henderson, and Nat, and Henderson and Nat don't need to be replaced, I think we're in a really strong situation there. That would still leave enough money to bring in a second midfielder, which we were looking for one before all of this began. So we maybe go back for Lavia. to you get to Currie and Lavia, that is the perfect midfield rebuild. Alexis, Dominic, De Currie and Lavia, perfect. Adding to Curtis, Besetic and obviously Thiago, we'd be in a great position in midfield next season. And that should still then leave money to go and get the centre-back we want. Now, the one we wanted, obviously, was Levi Colwell. I still really don't see us getting him. Although, I do find it interesting that Chelsea are being linked to multiple centre-backs in recent days. And I know I know much of that is for, is related to Fafana. But realistically... Even with Fafana out, if they had Colwell, Badia Shile, Chalaba, and Thiago Silva, who, remember, Chelsea fans tell us is the greatest defender that's ever lived, do they need another centre-back? Or will they need one, assuming Colwell is leaving? Because Fafana hasn't left. He's just gotten injured. Do you really spend £50 which is what Mark Wehe would cost, for a player that is going to be back, potentially even back during the season. Now, it might be late in the season. It could be March, April, May. But he's not gone forever. So, to me, if Chelsea are going to spend big money on a centre-back, I wonder if it does mean that Colwell is probably leaving. And remember, they're limited in what they can spend this summer because of FFP. And if they're trying to bring in Caicedo, which we know they are, and clearly struggling for the money to bring in Caicedo, can they afford to buy Guahi and Caicedo? Remember, they've all—I know they've—they've they've sold a bunch of players, but they've also bought Nkunku and Jackson and a couple of other young players this window. So they've already got probably 120 130 million spent this summer and they needed to clear a couple of 100 million to back up last year's all all the sales they made Havert, Mount, etc. most of them were on last year's books. They can't afford this year to get too far ahead of themselves because as they trim that squad, there's not going to be a whole lot of sellable pieces left to try and balance the books next summer and the summer after that. So I do wonder if maybe there is an outside chance of Colwell. Now we need to move quickly for De is my view, because if Chelsea spend 50 on Gwehi, Palace will be maybe more more willing to just dig in on Dakuri. Now there could be a, there could be a release clause with Dakuri as well. I don't know; it hasn't been reported. But most of these things don't get reported. Like, look at the Michael Elise situation. There's been some reports that there's a buyout clause in his contracts, and contrasting reports that no, there's not. And some of the journalists that have said, well, there is, are reliable journalists that you would put faith in. But likewise, some of the ones saying there isn't are also reliable. It's not just the spoofers who are talking about this. Um, speaking of, uh, big shout out to my best mate. The, the best journal, I've always said, I have always said that Fabrizio Romano is the best, most reliable journalist in the world, that's what I've always said. You've never heard me say anything else about him. He's got a great catchphrase. He is my hero, my mate. <laughs> Just say that. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand any of the negativity around what we're doing this summer. For me, everything we're doing this summer is a positive. Nabi gone, that's a positive. Like. Naby is a wonderful player. He couldn't stay fit, and he earned a fortune. Ox is a great guy, good player, can't stay fit, couldn't perform at the level required, was earning a fortune. It was the right move to get rid of both of them. Bobby was clearly declining and was injury-prone in the last few years and was earning a fortune. None of these losses are bad things. Arthur never played, so it doesn't matter. Henderson and Milner should have left years ago. Years ago. They should have been thanked for their services and wished the best of luck in their future endeavours in the summer of 2020 after we won the title and moved on out the door. Because <clears throat> Henderson was coming off his best season since 13-14. And by best season, I mean he had that four months in the middle of the season. He was never going to touch that level again, ever. And it was fairly obvious to see because form is temporary. And that's what that was. That was a run of form. So it would have been the right time to move him on. There would have been lots of cry arcing obviously. But that was the time to move him on. And Milner was at a contract. He should have been moved on. So, you know, we've lost, lost the two of them. We don't lose anything from a footballing point of view. We've brought in Alexis and Dominic. Two great signings, young, great on the ball, and they'll help us more defensively than the players we've lost have. So the idea that this midfield rebuild is not going well, it's going very, very well. This is what a midfield rebuild is. And people saying, oh, well, you should have kept Fabinho because now it's three new midfielders. Fabinho hadn't played with Alexis or Dominic before. So, therefore, it would basically be the same as three new midfielders because there's no existing partnerships in there. Yes, Fab has an existing relationship with Virgil and Ibu as centre-backs, but that's not something that worries me hugely. If we get to Kure, and that's the starting three, And Trent pushes in to invert. And it goes to the box. We're in great shape. And then we've got Besetic, hopefully Lavia or another, Thiago and Jones. Midfield will be in great shape. The attack will be in great shape. You've got Mo, you've got Harvey, and you've got Ben Doak to play on the right you've got Diaz, you've got Jota, you've got Darwin, you've got Cody, you've got Ben Doak, you've got Harvey, can all play on the left. And then you've got Darwin, Cody, Jota, and off the bench in Cup games, maybe Cade Gordon to play through the middle. Now the right-hand side is the only place where there isn't proven quality depth, but Diaz could play there if needed. There's no question Diaz could play there. Jota could do a job there. Gakbo could play there. Dominic could play there. Dominic can also play on the left. So we get Ducouré and Lavia, midfield and attack. We are as good as anybody in the league. We've got the best keeper in the league. The question then is the defence. I'm taking Virgil and Ibu over any centre-back in the league. I don't care who you name. I'm taking those two over anybody. In a flat-back four, I'm taking Trent and Robbo over any full-back combination in the league. Now, in terms of the back three, that's where we have an issue. That's where we need somebody in. We need someone that can play left side of that. Obviously, the plan as things stand is let's hope and pray for Levi Colwell. But I would have faith that lessons were learned when we didn't get too many that you don't just sit on your hands, that we actually have backup targets this summer. So I do believe we'll get somebody and I do believe it'll be somebody good. So you go Ebu, you go Virgil, you go that player then the depth is where the issue is. Gomez, Matip, Robbo. Robbo, the issue is he's not a centre-back and he is declining, but he's still going to be a very valuable member of the squad. Joel and Joe both had stinking seasons. But we know that they can be much better than that. We know that they can be. And if one of them has a bounce-back year, which is, in my opinion, especially in the case of Gomez, more likely than the idea that Fabinho would have had a bounce-back year. I think we'll be okay for a year. And the next summer, you replace Joel, you replace Joel, you'll probably have to replace Tiago. And then you're set. Then for the next couple of years, you're looking at what happens at Mo. What happens with Virgil? What happens with Robbo as a squad player? Do you move him on? Bring someone else in? But, like, I I think by doing this this summer, we are quickening up the process of entirely turning this squad over. And I think we're doing it really well as things stand. So, like... Look, I fully admit, I fully agree with the idea that come deadline day, we might be furious at the fact that we're left short somewhere. But I think if we get two midfielders in and a centre-back, a left-footed centre-back, I don't think we're short anywhere going into this season. Because we're not in the Champions League, we're in the Europa League, which means we can play a B team in the Europa League. You could line up in the Europa League with Queefing Keller and goal, Connor Bradley right back, Andy Robertson left back, Joe Gomez and Joel Matip in the centre midfield, or in the centre of the defence. And then Thiago, Romeo Lavia, and Curtis Jones as a midfield three. And then Harvey Elliott... Darwin Nunes and Diogo Jota, say, as a front three. You think that's not sailing through the group stage? Of course it is. Sailing through. And that team can also be rolled out in the early rounds of the League Cup. And then your best 11, Virgil, Trent, Ibu, sorry, Allison Trent, Ibu, Virgil, left side centre-back slash, you know, fullback. Alexis, De Kure, Dominic, Sala, Gakbo, Diaz. They only have to play one game a week. And look what Arsenal did last year, playing one game a week with their first 11. 50 points from 19 games. And that's not a better team than what we have not even a little bit better. So I'm actually quite confident that if we do the three things we need to do, get a starting holding midfielder of a high end, like De get that really promising young midfielder in. Now, even if it's not Lavia, even if it's Manu Kone or somebody else, I'll be very happy. If it's Tyler Adams, I'll be very happy. Lavia is the one I want because of the ceiling. But if it's Conair or Adams, I'm thrilled. We get those two in midfield and whoever the left-side centre-back is going to be. And I think we'll have a good go at things next season. I really do. And remember, City are losing quite a few players. And they've announced... Gvar- or they haven't announced it, but it's, uh, Romano has broken the Gvardi story. But they're losing a number of players, key players, big personalities, players. That, but players that contribute. <clears throat> not, not players that are liabilities. They're losing players that contribute. Mare's not as good as people make him out to be, but he's a big contributor. Gundigan was vital for them. Kyle Walker was vital for them in certain matchups. They're losing those guys. They might lose Bernardo Silva as well. So, you know, there is a chance that they see a drop-off this season. They got very fortunate that a couple of players hit a good vein of form from February on last season, but can they rely on them? Can they rely on Jack Grealish? Can they rely on John Stones? If they line up a back four of John Stones, Ruben Diaz, Guardiola, Nathan Aki, teams of pace will tear them apart, especially if they put Stones into midfield in possession because Diaz will have to play where Ebu plays for us and Diaz doesn't have that kind of pace. So yes, they're most likely the team that wins the league next year but there could be fall off. They've just won a treble. There might be a lack of desire. There might be a hangover from the success. No team has ever won four Premier League titles in a row. They've won three in a row. So maybe there's an opening there. Maybe there's an opening there. And I don't think any of the others have improved. I think they've spent a lot of money. Don't think they've improved. You know, Timber in maybe for Ben White. It improves them defensively, but it doesn't improve it doesn't. Timber doesn't offer the same thing as White going forward. Rice for Partey, that's a downgrade. Havertz for God knows. Is he for Jesus? Is he a squad player? Is he starting in Jack's role? So is your midfield Odegaard, Rice and and Havertz? Because if it is, we will eat that alive. We will absolutely torment that midfield. Powerful teams will just run over them. And teams with high-level technicians will just play through them. So I don't think they've improved, not not hugely. They'll have better depth, but I don't think they'll have improved hugely, uh, not in any meaningful way. And remember, last nineteen games of last season, they had form that would have had them finishing fifth. So they're not some great juggernaut. Um, United, I don't know where Mount fits, and he doesn't look particularly good so far. Um, Onana I'm not a fan of I think he's great with his feet and below average with everything else and Toon got Tonali so he does improve them but Toon overperformed last season I, I don't think Toon were a top four team last season in terms of quality not by any stretch and teams will be ready for them this year so I think they see a drop off Chelsea have improved a bit But there's still so much to do there. Spurs, I mean, Ange is really, really good. But so far, they've only brought in Madison. Good player, obviously. But, you know, still a lot of work through there. And big question marks over Harry Kane and whether he stays. So, you know, I'm not concerned. I don't know why everybody's so worried. Today is the, what, 20th of July? Settle down, folks. Settle down. Loads of time. Loads of time. I understand the ty- the, the, the league starts in a few weeks. That's fine. If we have de Coury in the day before, as long as he's registered by noon on the Friday, he's good to play. He won't need time to settle in. He's very adaptable. Get Lavia before the window closes. That's fine. Same thing with Caldwell. We're, we'll be fine. You worried about settle down, enjoy your summer stuff on this is Anfield stuff on Liverpool.com. Uh, we will not be signing Verratti or Kimmich or Goretzka unless Jurgen has some sort of seizure. Um, we have been linked to Bubakar Kamara of Aston Villa, very, very good. Uh, don't think he's quite as strong defensively as Dukuri. better passer, not as good a ball carrier. They're about even overall. Um Kamara doesn't have the Afcon factor which is which is a big thing. But he does have some injury concerns that would worry me a little bit. Uh so yeah, you know you you've got to factor these things in. Uh we've got a bunch of articles up on anfieldindex.com about the Carlsruhe game. There's a new scouted podcast up uh, where Carl is back from holiday. So we caught up with him and went over the news that he missed because he kind of just turned football off for the week. More power to him. And there's more to come this week. So uh, myself and Gags, I believe, are going to record an old school at 1 p.m. It is currently 11.30, so we'll record that at uh, at 1 p.m. So it should be out today. And that's it. That's all I've got, folks. Take care of yourselves. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Bye-bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.